I'm getting this weird echo from you guys. I am too. Yeah. We don't, we don't ever get this. We'll just, we'll just deal with it. We'll just use your story. Okay. All right. Can oh, you hear me? Yeah, and there's no feedback right now. All right, cool. Well, you should still be on, shouldn't you? Well, we're just going to share the screen. Uh, okay. Yours isn't going to work at all? I turned mine off and all the audio issues went away. So just... Okay. Okay. I'm going to not introduce myself. I'll just chill until y'all are ready. The good news here is that I've already got both of our intro sound bites already done now. the southern hospitality stay for the crunchy tap water mm. it's the whole world improv podcast brought to you by whole world improv theater atlanta's original home of improv here are your hosts artistic director chip powell and a man who gets his ten thousand steps in by looking for his car keys john mihalik john me too samesies Oop, twins hey everybody it's john thanks for tuning in this week this week Guest host Manish Tiagi and I continue interviewing Chip Powell and Emily Riley Russell, their founders who became our directors. We'll pick up our interview with Manish asking, how exactly did that happen? What was it like for you two? So you're performing, you're part of the main stage cast, and then over time, I mean, for, for those who aren't listening, Emily's now our managing director, Chip is our artistic director. What was it like transitioning into those formal leadership roles? Was that something you were expecting to do? Did it come out of nowhere? Just like, tell, tell us about that process. You want to take first, Chip? I would say we were just committed to the program, and you just did, you know, I think we've talked about this in other podcasts. There was one point where we were supposed to move to LA and Emily and I went home and told our partners, hey, sorry, gotta go. I'll check you later. I mean, that's how committed we were. And even though we didn't go to LA, then we were committed to TV. Then we were committed to Turner. Then we were committed to Castle Rock. And we were just doing pilots and committing to the show. Things got topsy-turvy at one point, and people were coming and going. Our director, David, was having a hard time with it, and we didn't know what to do, and he decided that he was going to go to Hawaii. He had to just get away from it. And so Emily and I were left at the theater. I think Emily had come and gone a couple of times at that point, but at that point, she was running the class program. I was running the shows, and we were just here. And we were the only two. So it wasn't like it was an honor. <laughs> it was more like, here's the bag. Can you guys take it? And we were like, okay. And we didn't know what the hell was going on, except that I know how to do this show. And I know how to do it well. And I know how to cast it. And I know how to write for it. And I know how to teach. And so I knew all these things. And I knew Emily knew how to teach. So we had Lynn who was our business manager at the time. And she is the reason we have a world right now because she took Emily and I aside and she taught us. And she taught us very, very well how to do what we do now. And she really did come to our age. She was our superhero. We probably wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for her because she really did lift us up Give us what we needed to guide where we are today. And I will say this, Emily Riley Russell is the mirror image of Lynn to this day. Uh, it's an amazing thing ever. 
we probably that was such a nice thing to say. I really did take the torch, and she ran all the way home. That's um, that's very sweet of you, Chip. But, and I'm not going to cry. But I might. I will reach back just a little bit because as we got more and more successful, we could hire people. And Chip was the first hire, you know, after Lynn. Lynn was the managing director. Webster got her in from Maine because she's a rock star. And Lynn was 18 years older than us, too. You've got to know that. So she was also kind of like whole world mom. So Chip took over and built the student program you know, it, it was just kind of like, hey, we got all these classes. Here you go. Make it happen. And Chip took that and went. And then somewhere along the way, oh, I know what it was. Mark and I had this company that was given to us and it was filing liens, contractor liens. And so I was driving all over Atlanta and I was making good money. I was really excited about the money because I'm, I'm money motivated for show. I like it. I thought I was going to be okay being a poor actor. And I I had fun with that too. But once I got money, I got a convertible and all this stuff. And I was cute riding around town, following my little material men's lean. And then, um, you know, Webster and Lynn saw the hustle that I had, because at one point I had like three jobs working at Whole World, you know, training at Whole World, working at Whole World. Webster was like, I want you working for me. And I'm like, well, that would be a total dream come true because, you know, I went to school to be an actor. I went to school for theater. So I was like, yeah, 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 that'd be awesome. So Chip moved to artistic director. I moved into student program director. That was kind of like how that happened. And of course, all of this is also happening as the company is like the actors, they're going to L.A., the bulk of our main stage went to LA. So it was Chip, Sarah, and me for a little bit. Then Webster and Jennifer left for Hawaii. And then it really was, it was Emily, Chip, and Lynn. And Lynn was so amazing because people were leaving and things were changing. And she wanted to go back to Maine and be with her family. Her kids were having babies and everything. And so she wanted to get back up there. And Lynn taught me how to do her job. And like I said, I went to school to be an actor. I definitely got a master's on the job training for business, for sure. And grant writing and all that stuff. And that's just hilarious to me that I'm doing it. But um, Chip has been the one to completely be the rock steady in the artistic, the grooming of the actors and keeping that caliber of the show, the ideology of the dedication that is required. He's been the one, he's been the solid for that. And any way that I can back him up, that's what we do. We are a great team together. I mean, we really are. I love you, Chip. I love you. No doubt. Yeah, and this is why I wanted these two interviewed together so we could have these little mushy moments. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually every every five minutes we get one of them, which is, which is- <laughs> I might cry. Since you both have taken over, I mean, if our Wikipedia page is accurate, it's coming up on 20 years now, uh, which is kind of crazy. I mean, there's been so many cool things that you both have done with the theater over the course of your leadership. Just curious if you have any highlights or fun memories that stand out in your mind. Um, I know I can think of a bunch since the few years I've been here. I'll, I'll start with this one. As the student program director 
I knuckled Webster down to create a written lesson plan and we made an advanced games. So I like, I got him to put his thoughts on paper. So that was a really good thing because that gave us a solid foundation to start on. And then for me as student program director, because I was like, how do I do this? <laughs> and, um, and then building the kids program. That was huge. You know, we started with a summer camp in 2003. That was our first summer camp. I had just had my child a year prior. Uh, I had Sam. Sarah and I taught the first camp. Lynn was, she was boots on the ground, walking the neighborhoods, putting flyers and mailboxes for our camp program. Of course, camp was amazing and sold out, which led to well, now we have to have classes during the school year because summer's not enough. Um, the kids need year round. And then you build a beginner's class and then you build an intermediate class. And then it was like, what do we do with all these super talented, awesome kids that are ready to perform? Performance ready group, Improvious Prime. So all of it's been an evolution, but the kids program, that's like my thing that I'm so, so proud of. And there was a lot of people that have made that happen. Josh Rosenthal, who was in the show with yeah. me, came from that summer camp program and then put his lips on mine last night during the show. <laughs> oh, congratulations. I know you've been waiting for that to happen. But like Eric Goins, Lauren Goins, like I said, Sarah, that first year, now David's taking over, been taking over, Jen Barron. I mean, like these people are so good. Bethany Rowe. I mean, so many times Chip and I have had solids. And um, most recently, like Elizabeth King was a solid partner to Chip and I, like right-hand lady. And now Bethany, like right-hand lady. We've had, and all of these people have been just like so important to all the programs, but certainly, certainly the kids camp and the kids program has been steered by all those people that I just mentioned. I love the fact that we've grown the kids programming, but most of my like special moments are ones that are on stage. When we did novels, we did this one called King of the Cockroaches, where Wes Kinnamore wore a black trash bag and he was the king of the cockroaches and Sarah came out and she had a super soaker and she was killing all of the cockroaches. <laughs> when you go back for me, it's a lot of the shows, the moments in the shows that happened. And we all, as we've been doing through this podcast, remembering different moments at different times and people remember them differently. But as an MC director, writer, when you're watching what you've put together come down through improv on stage, there were so many moments. And I think we even talked about the fact that Lance gave me like first chance to be in the novel as a lead. And I wore this suit and, oh no, actually it was Phil Cater. It was Phil Cater. Phil Cater. Yeah. And the power went out here. And when it went out, it was in my Oscar moment and so he turned his flashlight on and shined it on me so I could finish my Oscar. And Lynn came in and said, oh, the power's out. So by law, we have to evacuate the theater. So I never got to finish my first novel oh. because uh, the power went out. You couldn't go back and do it. <laughs> so, so many of my memories are really of being in this actual space that we're sitting in right now and watching the millions of performers that have come through here 
that have entertained us and entertained me. You know, I always say a lot of the times that I'm writing this show for me because I've done eight shows this week and I really want to be entertained tonight. And so I'm trying to find different things that I haven't seen over the week just to give me, you know, it's for me too. But the audience enjoys the show because the talent is so solid. I want to say one of my favorite memories of the show because it just pops into my brain just a minute ago. One of the most brilliant things I have ever, there's been so many good moments, so many good moments. But Chip, do you remember when Lance Crawl, I remember when I gave birth to him on stage and he did the evolution of if baby, (laughs) newborn baby to infant, toddler to, um, you know, kid to teen to like he did this whole evolution of a kid to an adult and it was I mean the house came down we were all like it was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life it was so awesome we had you positioned in one of those holes that's underneath the stage and he was underneath the stage in a diaper came out like that came out of me. Oh my God, it was so good. Another one is Anna coming in upright through the upright door. We didn't have a door there. It was um, beads. It was a novel where it was like homecoming or prom or something like that. And she was like, she was the ugly duckling that went on to be, you know, like Cinderella or something like that at prom. And she came through the beads to Dancing Queen. And it was like her timing of just the entrance with the song was so awesome. That's something that we have always, you know, it, timing is everything, which is like why we drum before the show. I don't know if everybody even knows why we do that. But it's like getting on rhythm with everybody. We would not start a scene until we were affected not only by what we were seeing from our partner, but by the music that was playing. Remember, because Kevin was there and then, you know, Tammy was there and Locke was there. They would give us an experience. We were working together so intimately with every player all those little moments it really is special and it just adds so much to the the real training that we got do you live in atlanta are you visiting atlanta soon either way a night at whole world improv theater is one of the best shows in town we're open for shows on Friday and Saturday at 8 p.m. And now there's a second show on Saturday at 10 p.m. That's three chances to make your week funnier and we guarantee it costs less than your therapist. It's 200 bucks a pop and the first available appointment I could get for a therapist was about two months. I don't know, it's a racket. I think we should just all watch cat videos because they help every single time. Yes, we're still totally safe and socially distant. We follow CDC guidelines, but like, what does the CDC know? They live here in Atlanta, which is allergy central, and it just gets worse and worse. What's the matter, my people? No love for the hometown? See if we offer you tissues for those watery eyes ever again. So as we are starting to wind down here, what's the future of Whole World? What is the near and long-term vision for Whole World going forward? You know, uh, we survived a pandemic, which I did not foresee. (laughs) Scared shitless, and I'm not going to lie about it. I think we all were. But I think it was through termination and the people and the family that we have 
the wall out front with everyone's name on it shows the support that we have. We have a lot of people supporting us after 26 years. And I'll be damned if it's something that I don't think Emily and I will ever walk away from whole world without knowing that the people that take our place are as committed as we are and have been. If that means I have to write it out to the end, then I will. And I think that the future of this company is the current company members. So we don't just do, like, if you went back to 26 years ago, we're not doing now what we did 26 years ago. So in the future, as I can foresee it, it's about the people that are coming up behind us. And the really great thing is we've already got a guy that is in our company that's knocking on our door to have a meeting this talk about another show idea that's continuously going on. I think we learned a lot through the pandemic as far as what we did online. Can we translate that to the stage? So these are new things that are coming in. I mean, don't mess with a classic, obviously, because what we do is scripting through, and that's what made us who we are. But can we go back to scripted work? Can we go to sketch? These are all things we've explored in classes. We're trying to go with what people are interested in. Mm-hmm. Which is why the class program has a wait list for because people want, they want the basics. And so we're giving them this why when we do like a character workshop or another type of workshop, we're trying to move forward. We shift because it's improv. You know, we shift to fit what the company needs. As it stands right now, the future of the company is right on course. What about you? Um, I mean, I really hope that we get the SVOG. I really do because I've already spent it. So I need it. No, I want to get that fixed seating back in. Yeah, because I really have spent the money in my head. I want to build out our capacity so that we can get the people back in when the time is right. That's kind of like my priority right now. Just kind of waiting. Number one, you know, we got to wait until everybody's comfortable. And I think the way that we've built um, the theater, the um, seating right now for the audience, I think it's really great. And we're going to be able to add to it. And then when the public is ready to get back to max capacity or whatever, I want us to be ready. You know, I want us to be able to do that you know, we've never had any debt. And I think Chip and I are very proud about that. We've never had any debt. We have always been able to exist off of what we earn. So very proud of that. So when the time does come for us to pass the torch, we're going to be able to pass the torch of a very healthy theater. My goal is to have some money in savings and, um, you know, just no debt and for somebody to be able to take it over without any hardship because those things will come. They do with recessions, elections, and all of this stuff, which we've learned on the way and pandemics. I don't expect there'll be another pandemic, but, um, you know, we had to stop, drop and roll. Another thing that I would like to say, they're, no, but they're probably, I don't know who else listening to this, but I had a real good mentoring network for Whole World with the Metro Atlanta Arts Leaders. So I could be a part of this whole network of people that we were all out and continue, we're still meeting, going through it all at the same time. And I could bring that to Chip. And because Whole World is small, 
we are able to make decisions like that, which when you've got a big old ship, it's very hard to move that ship. Chip and I are just a little, we're just a little John boat and we can tool around and, you know, we just, we shuck and jive. We're very nimble. We can get in and out of trouble quickly, quickly, but we've gotten out of trouble more than we've gotten into it. If for some reason I pass before I leave the world, I've ordered a glass case and I will be in my purple tuxedo with a microphone and I will live down left. That's also something exciting to look for me always being on stage. And if I pass, y'all are fucked. <laughs> because I have all the passcodes yes. here. And I really need to figure out a safe place for this. And Lynn, Lynn, that was one of the things Lynn said, you know, you really gotta make sure somebody knows in case. And I was like, okay, I'll get to that. I'm going to get to it one day. Well, I'm going to get somebody. Somebody's going to know where everything is. Maybe we should get a safety deposit box. I don't know. Put all the codes in there. <laughs> Could be smart. Could be smart. Hey, John, since you invited me to be a guest co-host, um, and I know we're kind of wrapping up on time here, but I would love to end with some rapid fire questions. I've always wanted to do that on a podcast, and I feel like this is my shot. Yeah, Cool. So this is for both of you. Rapid fire. I got a few. Favorite game to play on stage? If you had to pick one. Mine is, she, Emily's not going to like this. It's eight words. Interesting. She hates that one. <laughs> What's your favorite game? Sit Stanley and Oscar. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That's my favorite. And nice. if you want to put a musical on that too, I'd be real. I'm taking notes for the next time I MC. Okay. Uh, go to post-show drink at the bar. Pink champagne. Uh, rosé or Chardonnay. If you had to only do one, would you perform, teach, or MC a show? MC. MC. Perform for me. All right. This is kind of not improv related, but favorite restaurant in Atlanta? Nino's. I, that's a hard one for me, but Nakato, because it was the first date that my husband took me on and we've been going there for 23 years. Nice. Yeah, I had my 16th birthday at Nino's. Favorite character that the other person does? <laughs> oh, there's so many. Oh, Chip. You know, I'm going to say Wendy Clyde Russell. My favorite too. Um, I like PP and I do love what's the guy the guy's name that looks like Lonnie or the guy that used to play the horn and keyboards for us well I change him a lot I know, I know. I, I, all I need is the wig and the mustache nothing hands down beats a Sandy Springs working at Kingwood Square all classics all right now this one you can answer either together or separately do you have a favorite scene that the two of you have been in together oh my god I don't know wow Anything. Anything singing. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I think you and I, Chip, um, we did a lounge singers one time. Yeah. And it was one of my girlfriend's daughters came and it was her like birthday or something like that. And you and I sang and it was, it was really fun. There was one scene that you and I did back in the day and you were, I don't know if it was your mission to make out with me. But, <laughs> Probably. But you were all on me and trying to make out with me. And it was, for me, in my mind, I was always like, what the hell is going on? And I was like, she's not getting out of here until I stick my tongue in her mouth. So let's just do it. Well, I don't know about tongue, but I would have definitely, definitely tried to kiss you. And I don't know if y'all know this about me, but back in the day, I was the resident flasher. I flash people on stage. 
Monish is entering up left, and I just might give you a little flash when you come in. That's probably the most memorable because Michael Snow and I were on the stage, and you flashed us. Mm -hmm. And Michael started laughing. He said, look at those fried eggs. Yeah, fried eggs. And then he sent you that postcard of the lady that had the fried eggs right there. Yeah, it was legit. I also did a lot of mooning. I'm I'm not even just a flasher on stage. I'm a flashing person. You know, if my husband's working outside, he gets flashed. Anybody, that just is what I do. I'm famous for it. And, you know, when I was 25, it was really cute. <laughs> I'm 50 now and I, I have I have more restraint because I don't want a sexual harassment suit. But, um, you know, I'm not above it. If, if y'all will sign a waiver, I, <laughs> you will be on my list and I'll get you. I'll get you. <laughs> Once again, we've only scratched the surface because we didn't talk about technique and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's all right. Maybe we'll do it. I mean, we'll do it. Do it again. Yeah. We know where to find you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, on behalf of Mash Tiagi, Chip Powell, Emily Riley Russell, thank you for being here and thanks everyone for tuning in to the Whole World Improv Theater Podcast. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Whole World Improv Theater Podcast. We were told not to cuss so much so kids could listen. Those people obviously haven't heard all the rest of the explicit stuff we've covered. Ooh, my first Whole World class show. Oh my gosh. I can't believe you guys let me get away with the stuff I said on stage. Man, but I'm thankful for that. The Whole World Improv Podcast is a production of Whole World Improv Theater in association with Headspace Industries. The executive producer, writer, and propagator of Deportment is Chip Powell. And John Mihalik does stuff. All right. <sighs> Three straight weeks of humility on the credits. I think he's lulling me into a false sense of security or, like, doing some reverse psychology on me so I can't insult him. <sighs> Original music by The Gentle Readers. Please help support this podcast by liking, subscribing, and leaving us a review. We totally do the same for your podcast. Whole World Improv Theater is a 501c3 nonprofit theater. Please support by donating at our website, wholeworldtheater.com. And remember, it's tax deductible. So take that money and go on a shopping spree at Dollar General. Additional writing and voiceover from me, Kate Arlo, also known as Slappy Face McGee. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. That's all right. I think Sam has probably left, and I can just leave now. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. That was super fun. I'd okay. flash you, but I have I got to get that waiver. I'm gonna have to get that it's waiver. So but you know, I I just it's like right here I could do it, but I'm not. But I'm not because it is recording. We're recording. Although that's also not stopping. <laughs> <laughs>